Chandler Morris is officially in the transfer portal. Does that open up the door for TCU to go get an experienced quarterback or a young QB with eligibility left to push Josh Hoover? We'll talk about that more next. It's Locked on Horn Frogs, your team every day. You are Locked on Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked on Horn Frogs, your team every day. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. You can subscribe on YouTube, also Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is you like to listen to podcasts and its audio variety. You can find us there as well. Give me a rating. Give me a review there um, on those different apps. I would appreciate it. Chandler Morris is officially in the transfer portal. We will always have that 2021 Baylor game where he threw for almost 500 yards Against a really good Baylor defense. I mean, that was a Baylor defense with Jalen Petrie, Terrell Bernard. They went to the they won the Big 12. They went to the Sugar Bowl and beat Ole Miss. Uh, I believe Matt Corral, the Ole Miss quarterback, got hurt early in the game. But bottom line is that was a really good Baylor team. Chandler Morris and that TCU team that was a, really a skeleton crew following Gary Patterson's dismissal that happened that week on Halloween in, in 2021. They put together an effort that kept Baylor out of the playoff, right? And we'll remember that for a long time. And I feel like the the tenure of Morris as QB1 was always kind of rocky. And following Max Duggan, I didn't really think about this too much during the offseason because I was really excited about where the program was going to go moving forward. I thought he could do a good job. Following Max Duggan was tough. Max was a Heisman finalist. And he had plenty of talent, incredible dual threat, had a big arm. But I think even more than that, just the leadership and all the intangibles that he brought to the table on a week-to-week basis. And you saw that on display even in his first three years when the team was struggling and he was inconsistent. And there were, I mean, there were issues, but you saw the toughness, the tenacity, the way his teammates responded to him. And Chandler's a different personality. I think it was just a tough transition from Max to Chandler. And you factor in the fact that people had high expectations because of the season TCU was coming off of. Also, because as many people pointed out, I mean, technically Chandler won the job in 2022. He went into Boulder in that Colorado game and started the first half, didn't play super well, ended up getting injured, and the rest is history. But bottom line was this year was up and down. I thought, you know, he played well against teams like Houston and SMU. Colorado game, those interceptions really cost him. Cost TCU the ball game. Defense played horribly, but those red zone picks were super costly. West Virginia, the offense gets shut out in the second half. Iowa State, it was going down a bad path before he got injured. And even when he was healthy late in the season, Josh Hoover was still the guy that the staff wanted out there, they rolled out with. And so writing was on the wall, right? I thought maybe he would get through spring practice because I didn't know how the timing was going to work out with graduation. He's already transferred once. So to be immediately eligible, he'd have to transfer or he'd have to graduate before he transferred again. 
which he's planning on doing that. And he'll just have to get classes done in the spring and then move on. There'll be a quick, quick turnaround to get ready for the fall, wherever it is he ends up. But best of luck to him. Um, as far as what it means for TCU, your quarterback room now going into next season is Josh Hoover, Haas Haney, and that's really it as far as scholarship QBs go. So you would think they're going to bring someone in, okay? What type of player are they going to bring in? Who are they going to bring in on three? Kind of loosely linked them to KJ Jefferson. Also, on three today, I had this tweet. Malachi Nelson, former five-star true freshman this past year at USC. He is in the portal. He declared that recently. And they said that TCU has had conversations with Malachi Nelson. Other schools they mentioned, South Carolina, Houston, Tulane, Cal, and then TCU at the end there. Now, had conversations or have been in contact with are pretty vague terms. That could mean a number of things. That could just be as simple as somebody picking up the phone and texting and being like, hey, we have some interest. Or what's your situation? What are you looking for? Where are we going next? I would be interested in Malachi Nelson. I mean, he's got plenty of eligibility left. Really talented player. I'd love to hear more about why he's transferring. Kind of a weird situation at USC. Caleb Williams is moving on. Will Howard, I don't believe he's officially committed to USC yet, but there's some murmurs that that might happen. I know he was also looking at Miami. But it would seem like there would be a path for Malachi Nelson to be a contributor next year, a starter, or if not this year, the next year. KJ Jefferson, I feel like people are just linking them, linking him to TCU because of that Kendall Browse connection. And K.J. Jefferson was super successful a few years back in Kendall Browse's offense. I've seen a lot of, like, why would we be interested in him? I mean, he was an effective quarterback in the SEC with Kendall Browse as his OC. And he knows the system well. I have not seen anything, though, from Jeremy Clark, Jamie Plunkett that would indicate that TCU is actively pursuing those players or that there's mutual interest there. So I would say this is real preliminary stuff and I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on it happening. Here's my read on the situation. I think they're going to bring a quarterback in. I feel like it's going to be an experienced player who's probably spent most of his career being a backup and it's going to be someone who is okay being a backup for TCU this upcoming season. In college football now, you really have to look at this when we talk about roster building, we talk about making a roster that is talented, that you know fits what you want to do, all those things. We have to look at it like this. There's essentially a salary cap now. Now, it's not like pro sports. The NFL, there's a clear salary cap, but those contracts are public. We know who's making what, and we, you know, often you'll hear about the best time to build a team is when you have a talented quarterback on a rookie contract because you're getting this QB on the cheap at the time, and so you can allocate resources to playmakers on offense, playmakers on defense, build a good team around that QB, and hopefully you can win a lot, maybe win it all, and then when it's time for that QB to hit the market, you give them a big-time deal, and then you have to 
get creative with how you allocate resources moving forward. The tricky part with college sports is, and college football specifically, these contracts, these NIL deals are not public. So we don't know what these guys are making. We don't know what the war chest is that TCU is working with and other schools are working with. And so it's hard to predict where they're going. I think there are two ways right now in college football or two paths to landing a big-time QB in the transfer portal. The first one is an obvious need for a starter. Like, you you look at the roster and you say, okay, I can go there and I can start right away. Uh, Baylor just landed the Toledo quarterback, whose name escapes me right now. Um, But he was the Mac player of the year, Daquan Finn, Mac player of the year. I believe he had three seasons starting at Toledo put up video game numbers, really dynamic athlete, dual threat guy. Why is he going to Baylor? Well, it's because Blake Shapin left. Sawyer Robertson right now would be the guy, and he's coming in because he feels like he can beat out Sawyer Robertson. Baylor basically said, hey, come here. You can be our starting quarterback, and we'll hit the ground running, right? He gets to be a starting quarterback at a P5 school. Dylan Gabriel, why would he go to Oregon? Bo Nix is moving on. He's, he's going pro, or at least he's going to test the waters. There's an obvious need there for a QB. He's got one more year left. He'll go to Oregon. He'll play. He'll be in a good offense. I'm sure he'll put up big numbers. Makes a ton of sense. Riley Leonard, why is he going to Notre Dame? Sam Hartman's leaving. There's no obvious starter there. He was super productive at Duke. He's going to Notre Dame. He's going to start. That makes sense. Now, I'm not naive. I understand that Riley Leonard and Dylan Gabriel, especially at Notre Dame and Oregon, respectively, are going to make probably good money. They're going to be hurt. They're not going to be hurting for meals. Okay, they're making good money. But I think the main draw in those situations is you need a starter. I can start. I can do it right away. I'm going. The other way you can secure a big time QB in the portal, or if you can't offer playing time, how can you go about it? You offer that QB money. Okay, so we look at what Old Miss did this past offseason. They go get Walker Howard, young QB. Didn't see a path to the field at LSU. TCU was talking to him. Apparently, Old Miss cut him a big check. Spencer Sanders started multiple years at Oklahoma State. Felt like he'd been there forever. For whatever reason, they had a falling out. He moves on. He goes to Old Miss. I can't imagine Spencer Sanders thought he was going to beat out Jackson Dart and Will Howard, but apparently, Old Miss cut him a pretty nice check. And so he's going there so he can get paid, get some experience at another school, hold a clipboard. That's not a bad way to make a living. I don't blame anybody for doing that. So my read on this situation is it appears that TCU, the coaching staff is looking at this and saying, we have a guy in Josh Hoover that showed some flashes last year. We think we can win games with him. So we're going to use this NIL money, these resources we have, and we're going to allocate them towards building a roster around Josh Hoover. We're going to go revamp this offensive line. They landed another in-line commit yesterday that I'm going to talk about here in a moment. We're going to get some playmakers. Eric McAllister at wide receiver. Drake Dabney at tight end. Brian Smith talked about how those guys can stretch the field. We're going to block it up. We're going to give them opportunities to throw it down the field. We're going to get better and more dynamic on offense, and put him in a situation to succeed. We're changing the defensive coordinator. We're going with somebody more aggressive in hopes that we cause more negative plays, cause more turnovers, maybe occasionally give this offense a short field. That would be a novel concept, right? 
try to throw some money and go get some playmakers on defense so that we have a more dynamic defense, play more complimentary football next year. All those things are going to help Josh Huber succeed. So my guess is they're going to go find a QB that's not going to blow you away with his name, that's not going to blow you away with what he's done at the college level, but it's someone who's experienced, who can pick up an offense quickly, who should be able to digest and get a system you know, downloaded pretty fast. And also, if it comes down to it, and Josh Hoover gets hurt, and you don't feel comfortable turning over the keys to your true freshman quarterback in Haas Haney, you can let this, you know, QBX come in as an experienced player and not feel like, for lack of a better word, you're just screwed. That There's no chance, right? That there's still a possibility that you could build an offensive game plan around that player, around that quarterback, that would allow them to succeed, allow your offense to stay at least efficient, moving the chain, scoring points, so that you can win games. That's what I think is going to happen. And what I, I mean, what I personally love for them to bring in a quarterback who could go toe to toe with Josh Hoover in camp, yes. But if you're not going to do that, it makes sense to build the roster around Josh in a way that you feel like you can allow him to succeed. And I'll talk more about how they're doing that in a moment here on Locked on Horn Frogs. FanDuel. It's the best place to bet on games, try to make yourself some money. FanDuel.com slash Locked on. If you're watching on YouTube, you see it there. FanDuel.com slash Locked on. Go to that website today. They still have this deal going on. $5 $5 money line bet. You just put $5 down on a money line bet if you win, which I think you will because you're a smart person. Up to $150 in bonus bets. $150 worth of free money that you can use. They also have an app that's safe and secure and easy to figure out how to navigate that as well. Download the app today. You can bet on props, money line bets, spreads, whatever the case is. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's where you need to start. FanDuel, official betting partner of the NFL and proud sponsor here of the LockedOn Network. So a couple more commits in the transfer portal, Portal, excuse me, for Sonny Dykes and company. Uh, this one came down on Monday night. Remington Strickland, really good name, really regal name. Remington Strickland, who spent three years at Texas A&M, Um, he appeared in seven games this past season for the Aggies. So it was a rotational guy, played guard, and the the emphasis on the O-line continues. Strickland's 6'4", he's 300 pounds. He was a three-star recruit coming out of high school. Again, has some experience, has played some in the SEC, and he joins Carson Bruno from Louisiana Tech, Cade Bennett from San Diego State, Bless Harris from Florida State, and North Texas lineman Howard Sampson, as they try to get better up front. And it's like, this is the thing that gives me the most optimism for the upcoming season. And I saw my buddy, Matt Jennings. I need to have Matt on the show soon to talk more about this in depth. Cause I'd love to have a conversation with him about it. I saw Matt tweet this out the other day. Matt's one of my dearest friends in the world. Uh, he was, he was kind of just like, listen, pump the brakes. Building through the transfer portal is tough to do. Okay. And you're banking on a lot of guys picking up the system quickly uh, becoming a cohesive unit, and and that's just a hard thing, especially when we're talking about up front where you have to have continuity with the O-line. 
And he was he was basically just like, we just need to wait and see. There's a reason for optimism, but we need to wait and see. Uh, and I get that. It's it's tough to build a, a really good offensive line in the portal. And Brian Smith talked about this yesterday. You know, there's some guys that coming up from the G5 level like Bennett and Bruno. Howard Sampson, I'm not sure how much he's going to contribute this year, but really raw player from North Texas who didn't even play a lot of snaps at North Texas this past year. And then you got guys like Bless Harris. I mean, Bless Harris to me is like a day one starter at left tackle, but he's dealt with injuries. Remington Strickland um, comes from AM and has been an SEC program for three years and has played some, but not a lot. However, this was the only way to go about this. What I mean by that was, no, it's not ideal to build your uh, trench depth, to build your offensive line, defensive line in the portal. But you you have four offensive linemen graduating, and I personally don't really feel great about the guys that were in the room. So you had to do something to supplement, you know, the production that you're losing. And so I think this was the best way to go about it. And I feel like with the players you added, which Bless Harris, Carson Bruno, uh, Howard Sampson, at their previous stops played tackle, Remington Strickland um, and Cade Bennett, have, have played guard in, in their previous locations. So I don't know what the depth chart's exactly going to look like, but I think there's a good chance that you have a starting five of Bless Harris at left tackle, uh, Cade Bennett on that side with him, Colton Deary at center, um, <clears throat> Carson Bruno at one of those guard spots, or, or Strickland potentially, and then I don't know who fills in that last tackle spot. Maybe somebody flexes out to tackle. Maybe it's Bruno Fleck who stays at tackle. Possibly Mike Nichols, um, who's dealt with injuries in his career, but has you know played for TCU. Right? There's different opportunities you have. Bottom line is, I think with the talent they're bringing in, they're going to be in a much better situation than if they would have just kept it in in house. And I believe that they are building an O-line that can be better and more competitive than they were last year, which is really all you need. I mean, you just want to see progress. And I think A.J. Rickard's a good coach and he can get this right. And, I mean, I would just say it. It this is a team that went 5-7 and seven last year and it doesn't feel like they're just resting on their laurels, right, and, and thinking, okay, one more year of continuity, uh, everybody continuing to learn the system, keeping this train down the tracks, consistency, that's going to be the key. They're addressing their weaknesses. You go get Andy Avalos to replace Joe Gillespie as your uh, defense coordinator. I like that move. You had to make a move. You had to make a change on defense. You're getting more aggressive. You're getting more versatile. You're getting more multiple. You're trying to build this thing from the inside out. You also added some skill guys who I think can stretch the field and, and do some damage. Now, the results, as always, are going to be TBD. Like, we don't know. I was super optimistic last year. Bottom line was it didn't work out. But I think this was the only path moving forward. And it feels like TCU has experienced a wake-up call and they're trying to respond to a lot of the problems that they had last season. And hopefully it works great. But I like the Remington Strickland pickup. Again, former Texas A&M offensive lineman. Another commitment that they landed, J.C. Oliver, safety from Tulsa. Now we've talked about in this defense – it's a hybrid scheme. You need guys that can do multiple things. You need safeties that can play in the box, but can also cover in space. You're going to have more five and six, seven pass rush sets, meaning guys are going to be left in an island in single coverage. 
Um, Oliver comes from Tulsa. He had interest from UCLA, among other schools. 6'2", 200 pounds. He's played in 41 games in his career. Last season, though, had a big breakthrough year. 48 tackles, four interceptions, and six pass breakups in 12 games of action. Thing that stands out the most to me, ball hawk. Four picks, 12 pass breakups. This is a guy that's making plays on the ball. They need more of that. They need more splash plays on defense. And you hope that the scheme helps create some of that. But negative plays and turnovers are going to be huge. And when you're taking a risk like that, yeah, you're probably going to give up some big plays. But you, you need more negative plays and turnovers to try to flip the script, give your offense positive situations, give them short fields, and just, you know, a- allow them to go score for score with other teams. So J.C. Oliver, uh, he comes over as a safety. I also landed Donovan Saunders, the uh, corner from Cal Poly, who's ranked as a four-star prospect in the portal by 247 Sports. So getting better in the secondary. You've added some people to your line. you got Cooper McDonald at that, what we think is going to be that new stud linebacker position. Also Devin Deal, Mark Steele's brother, and more of a hand-in-the-ground defensive end spot. Really love the way TCU is attacking this offseason so far, trying to get better in multiple areas trying to get more versatile, more multiple. And so J.C. Oliver is going to be a huge key of that, his ability to uh, um, guard in space, cover tight ends, cover running backs, and also be a factor and run support. All those things are going to be big pluses for TCU coming in this upcoming season. When we come back, some audience reaction. Live, we're doing this Locked on Horn Frogs. It's your team every day. Nobody better to sponsor our portal coverage than LinkedIn Jobs. If you're hiring for your small business, you know it can be a high-stakes wager, finding the right people, but it doesn't have to be. You want the candidates, you want as many top-tier candidates as possible at interview. You want to do it fast. That's why you need to check in, link, check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team, and they, they can do it faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. They have vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So is the fact that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing many hats, and you know the time and resources to hire. Thankfully, LinkedIn can take care of it with their intuitive process that is quick and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions making the process easier and quicker than ever. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions, as always, apply. Lockdown Oil Frogs, your team every day. We're live, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to jump in the, the live chat here and 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 try to try to do this. So bear with me. Um Jack Daddy Slim says Haas is gonna be the next guy at TCU, most likely redshirt his freshman year. But as an Alito and TCU alum, I can speak to his demeanor and ability. He is built in the Max Duggan mold. I really like Haas. I think he's gonna be fantastic. Um great athleticism. I haven't watched enough of him personally like on a week to week basis to speak to some of those qualities you talk about, but I know Landry Burdine, his son, uh, was on that Alito team that just won state, and he's mentioned those uh, abilities that you've mentioned that you've talked about as well, just that ability to lead the team, be tough-minded, all those things that you want from your quarterback. And 
I'm super excited to see Haas get here early, go through spring camp, all those different things. He's super fast, has great arm talent. Um, but I think it's just a lot to ask somebody to come in and play right away as a freshman, especially at the quarterback position. So ideally, he'll get some time to kind of get the lay of the land, figure this out, and uh, hopefully Josh Uber can um, take it and and give it a go this season. Uh, DB Production says, "Love my love my frogs." He's anti host Ohio State. Fell in love with Andy and the Trayvon Boykin in 2014, and says they would have won it all in uh, 2014 if they would have had that chance. Yeah, I certainly agree with you, man. I mean, that team was nasty. They were so good on both sides of the ball. I think from a talent perspective, that was probably the most talented team ever at TCU. They could have gone toe to toe with anybody, um, and I would have loved to see him play Ohio State in the national title game. David Vo said, should TCU be interested in Malachi Nelson? I think so. I mean, I think he's the type of player that you take a flyer on, at least because of his talent. Um, but, again, I just – I explained it kind of in segment one. I think their approach they're going to take here is get an experienced guy who can command the offense. If he has to come in, you're not going to feel like you're just completely up a creek, right? Like he can, he can move you down the field and handle things. But – they seem to think that Josh Hoover is their future and they're going to try to build this roster around him. Um, so that's the plan. And now you just got to go execute it and make sure you put him in a great situation for 2024 and beyond. I talked with Brian Smith yesterday about the transfer portal commits. Currently um, Daniel Brenner said, I'm not professional. I'm not a professional in grading players, but I think Bruno's starting experience will be huge compared to a five-star. didn't get him playing time. I'm guessing you're talking about Carson Bruno, versus Tommy Brockermeyer going into next year, which those guys might compete for one of those spots. Um, I believe Bruno and Bennett both getting so many snaps, even though it was at the group of five level, is going to be super important. I agree with you. Um, and I think both those guys can end up being starters for you going into next year. And they're going after players that have a lot of experience, right? Like that seems to be the, the new strategy here in the portal. Daniel also said third down and two. It felt like that was – Every drive against TCU's D. Yeah, just couldn't really win first and second down. That was a problem all year long. And uh, that's one of the reasons I'm excited about Andy Avalos because he's going to try to put more pressure on the offense, and that could give up some big plays in the back end, but also will hopefully lead to some negative plays that put offenses behind the eight ball and put them in tough situations. Uh, and then a couple people asked me about QBs. Again, kind of talked about that in segment one. Not a lot of chatter so far about which quarterbacks they're going after other than some loose connections to some guys that might make sense. But I'm just kind of in the belief, kind of reading the tea leaves and looking at the situation that they're going to go after somebody who's probably not going to blow you away from a name and production standpoint, but that they feel like gives them valuable experience in the quarterback room and can also, if necessary, you know, be an option as someone who could play and, they're not going to hurt you. That's Locked on Horn Frogs. I appreciate you guys joining me. Uh, tomorrow's National Signing Day. So we're going to have plenty of coverage of um, what's going on there, what the Frogs are trying to do. One thing I will note before we go, LaDainian Fields, defensive back from Oklahoma City, he decommitted today. He's going to sign with Oklahoma State instead. Unfortunate. TCU got on him early. He wasn't ranked when he committed to TCU. Ends up being a three-star player. Super, superb athlete. Great measurables. Felt like that was a guy that they could develop into a real a real deal player. But Joe Gillespie leaves. Oklahoma State kind of got in there late in the process and um and and got it done. So 
we'll we'll see what that looks like. But he's moving on, um, and it's too bad because I think that was a guy this coaching house was really excited about. But everybody else appears to be in the fold. So barring some surprise, now it should be a pretty straightforward day. But I'll go live again tomorrow and try to recap some of that and and where they're at moving forward. Uh, Locked on Horn Frogs, it's your team. We do it every day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're free and available wherever it is you get your podcast.